Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. It is called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor and I absolutely love being on here. It is one of my favorite things to do is to connect with people, to share my experiences and hopefully to be helping somebody out there with what I've already gone through in my journey. Um, I am a practicing veterinarian out of Phoenix, Arizona. I absolutely love the ability to grow business in different facets outside of being a doctor. And honestly, what medicine has taught me, the life experiences, and how really it's just honestly become a launching pad for so many other things. So welcome to Trust Me, I'm a Doctor, and we cannot wait to get this started. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today I am beyond excited to introduce you to our guest and um, today's topic is about overcoming adversity and everyone in some degree of their life deals with adversity. Um, Everyone in life deals with challenges and maybe some have a greater degree than others but everyone deals with it, right? Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody themselves is perfect. And so what I wanted to do today and with everything going on in the world, I wanted to go ahead and bring on this guest to really talk about um, they are someone in my life that means a lot to me, but also someone in general that's just overcome a ton of adversity in their life. And, you know, a lot of times we don't ask for those challenges obviously or we don't ask for those things that can make life difficult Um, and so we kind of just have to take them and make the best of them right and still live out our passion and live out what our purpose is and so without further ado I'm going to go introduce you to my guest is Mr. David Strathman Um, and I he also happens to be my fiance (laughs) so this should be a pretty normal conversation for us Um, but I I just want to go ahead and introduce you. So go ahead and say hello, babe. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, and he's never been on my podcast before, so this is really exciting, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of dive into it. So um, obviously, I know a ton about your background, but just to kind of share with the listeners, if you can just kind of introduce, obviously, yourself, but sharing a little bit about your story on the challenges that you've had to face since you were young and what that time of your life has really meant to you. So, yeah, being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, back in 1994, here we are in 2020, um, so 26 years been struggling and, and trying to overcome this, this disease that is very controllable, but um, at the same time, it, it is something that is very serious and needs to, you know, have a lot of attention to details when you're trying to control it. And then as far as like, so you were diagnosed when you were eight. So what was that like? I mean, as an eight-year-old having to deal with that? Because I mean, let's be real, right? There's some adults that don't even, they can't even manage their diets by by themselves nowadays. So as an eight-year-old, how did you deal with now getting this diagnosis of having this disease? Yeah, so it just just forced a lot of discipline, um, especially being eight years old. I mean, you see other kids eating candy at Halloween and, (laughs) um, you know, those are just one thing, um, you know, and going to birthday parties and seeing everybody have birthday cake with ice cream. It's you have to have a lot of self-control and a lot of discipline um, to be able to handle that and a lot of mental toughness that comes along with not being able to do things that other people you know, normal, normal kids would do at that age. 
I think I think God did not make me a diabetic because I love <laughs> sweets and I don't know if I would have been able to do it at eight. But no, I mean, I think that's one of the most impressive things I think about you is that you, um, in in having diabetes and like you said, having to deal with what that looks like having it while you're eight years old. And it's so crazy because you and I both know people who have multiple kids with who's a, who are type ones um, or even children getting it even younger and like what that's even like like if your newborn is born as a type one like just we can't I couldn't even imagine and so as an eight-year-old having to learn discipline and patience is almost unheard of um but I think that has lent it lends it's lend itself to who you are as an adult now do you agree yes absolutely yeah I mean, and so that's just something that I've been so impressed with you by. Um, what would you say? So as far as um, what are a few of the biggest lessons you feel like you've learned in being a type one? And consequently, you've also or or I guess at the same time in certain times of your life. So you grew up, I guess, I think right around the same time, right? You started playing hockey and learning as a kid. And then eventually you became a professional um, hockey player. And so what are a few of the lessons in your journey with having type one, kind of going through those challenges, that adversity of dealing with a disease like that. And um, what are some of the biggest lessons you feel like you've, that have come out of that? Yeah, I think discipline is one of the, one of the bigger things that have come out of that. But I also think mental toughness um, in any sport that you try to, you know, take it to the highest level, you have to have some, some discipline and some mental toughness because, you know, people are going to push you to the max, essentially. Well, but it's not just some, right? I mean, it's like... Yeah, I mean, and then also one thing that I've learned is having a a strong support system, Um, having, you know, your family and friends be behind you on everything that you do. And, um, you know, that's really, really important is to make sure that your friends are are there as well. Because obviously your family, you know, some, some people's situations are a little different, but... Um, you know, what I grew up in is that my family was very supportive and very, um, motivating at, at times they sure. would, um, you know, absolutely push me to the limit and, you know, break me sometimes and, you know, I'd break down and cry, especially at a younger age. I was, <laughs> you know, as I was learning all this stuff, it, it was very hard because, you know, um, it, it's any sport you're going to have to learn and go through that stuff. So. So what would you say for people that, like you said, like having a good support system is key. And I mean, even as adults, right, we see that in business and in life, just like having a community that's, you know, encouraging you, that's cheering you on. And so what about the person that doesn't have that? What about, you know, that maybe let's say someone else that's going through adversity and they don't, they don't have that support system, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure again, right, everyone kind of goes in ups and downs. So was there a point where you really feel like you didn't have that and like you kind of had to find your your support system or had to find your community and like what did you do to to supplement that yeah I was just a little more um proactive about finding friends that were you know had the same mentality as I had um you know, we live in um, an age where people can be friends on Facebook, but you know, you may not very you know, may not see them in person um, as often as you'd like. Maybe you're in different states, or you know, whenever you cross paths. But until you have that conversation with people, like you're not really gonna know if you align with 
each other on on certain sure, things so sure. it's just reaching out to people and and staying connected however possible if, whether it's a phone call a text message um, a message on facebook instagram you know there's so many different ways that that we can connect these days versus right. you know back when we were kids it was you know you had to call the house phone you know mm-hmm. and so it's just times are a little different now and a little bit easier to stay connected to people so it's just you know reaching out and finding those people that that have a, a similar connection, a similar outlook on life, and then keep those people close when you do find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know, and I know you personally have done a ton of personal development over the last year, year and a half. And, you know, sometimes I think when you feel so, and this is just me speaking, but when you feel, when people can feel lonely and like they're kind of like maybe in a lull or a bad season, you know, you do, maybe you don't have those people around. So maybe it's really not, maybe you can't really call somebody and who knows, maybe people don't have the, that, you know, so, um, so you really have to seek out, uh, you know, maybe it's, you're, you you got to read, you know, like read what, you know, what you put in your, what you put in your brain is extremely important. So that encouraging word or, you know, again, personal development book, that's really maybe teaching good habits or, Absolutely. You know things like that so I agree with that and um, one of the other questions that I have is so since you couldn't choose obviously your type 1 status or being a type 1 diabetic how have you learned to be patient in life when your diabetes can feel limiting and the preface to that question is I feel like you're one of the most patient people um especially with me <laughs> and um and no but for real I just feel like you uh, sometimes I feel like I, you just want to like with my goals, I just like, you know, push through a wall and like, I'm just like, go, go, go. I'm like a freight train sometimes. And, and some, in a lot of the times you're just, and I don't have patience. Like I'm horrible with, <laughs> with trying to be patient. Um, but you're just such a good example of that. And, um, and I think, you know, some of that obviously has to do with your experiences and, you know, how you grew up and things like that. So, so yeah, just that question being, how have you learned to be patient in life when your diabetes can feel limiting? Yeah, so I I learned patience from my grandmother. Um, when I was younger, we would, you know, go to a lake house where we didn't have cable and internet. Um, <laughs> you know, so we were able to, you know, do things like puzzles and, you know, get out and play golf. And, you know, so she, my grandmother passed away in 2006, but, um, she, she taught me a heavy dose of patience and just learning that things will come, um, instead of trying to force them. It's, it's, it just comes natural to me, but for Mm -hmm. some people it can be learned. Yeah. Um, it's not something that everybody is born with. It's something that people kind of acquire as they move through life and, and their outlook on everything. Right. Did you and her ever have conversations about patients? She told me specifically, like, dead bullet, like, <laughs> square in the face, you know, like, puzzles will teach you <laughs> oh, patience because patients are not, uh, you know, I mean, puzzles are not very easy. You know, when you're doing thousand-piece puzzles, you know, the everything starts to look the same over the course of time, so you kind of have to learn to take a break, and, and mm, that's, that's kind of the same thing with diabetes, like, you you have to take a break from how strict your diet is and right and you have to be able to limit what you are able to put into your body 
Um, so there's just certain things that, you know, patience are, you know, is, is something that people can learn over their life. Yeah, I mean, and I think the reality is, right, you can only stray so far from that, though, right? Obviously, as a type one, like you said, like, maybe you're not 100% strict one day, but, like, you get back to that norm, right? And you get mm-hmm, back to what absolutely. you're supposed to be just because, like, you can't stray very far. Right. But, I no, I mean, that's interesting, like, puzzles. And it's true, like, you guys puzzles is the is the is the game changer i guess you know but the life lesson instiller but it's true like sometimes i think that's actually a really great point you have to step away sometimes because right like your eyes maybe will like get tired Mm -hmm. um and then in life really the way to translate that maybe you can't obviously step away from like your family or like that situation but just taking like a breather Mm -hmm. right and just kind of like re um Re reevaluating and just kind of like redirecting your mind and resetting your mind on a daily basis. I think of it as like a camera scope. You know, you can zoom in mm-hmm. and then zoom back out. And then when you zoom in, you can see a lot like closer of the details. But then when you zoom out, you can see the bigger picture. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how life is, is sometimes you have to zoom in to be so focused on one certain thing, but then you need to be able to you need to be able to zoom back out yeah, that's good. so that you can see other things that are moving around you. Yeah. Um, it's the same with business, right? If you get too focused on one certain area, you're going to lack in other areas. So you kind of have to come back out of that, that zoom in. Having the perspective. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, right. You still have to like, if you're a CEO or a CFO or CEO or whatever, like just you're a chief officer in the company and you have to you have to be specific in your function, but you also have to be self aware enough of what what your role is, what's happening around you. So kind of like you're constantly like zooming in and out. You Absolutely, know? it's a so. it's a minute by minute basis. Sure. It's not just sure. a daily thing. Like I can be zoomed in one day and right, zoom yeah. back out the next day. Like you have to kind of do it. You're you constantly know. adapting and pivoting. So. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. What's one of the biggest blessings you think that's come out of your journey so far? Um, the mental toughness and seeing like, you know, how how hard it is to manage diabetes is it's a daily battle. So just mental toughness, just knowing that, you know, if you take care of certain things, you're going to have the luxuries in life to be able to, you know, be able to get out and do things versus, you know, some people are unfortunate and don't take care of themselves and you know, the unfortunate thing about diabetes is you can lose limbs, you can lose your right. sight, right. you know, there, you, you know, there's a lot of complications that can, can come with that, you know, heart diseases and things like that. So it's mental toughness and just knowing that, you know, if, if I'm able to take care of a certain, certain things, um, well within my control, I'm able to, you know, enjoy a healthy life and, and do the things that everybody else is doing besides being an eight yeah. year old and not having cake. You know, so. <laughs> true. Do you have, have you felt, was there ever like a time where you really felt just like limited by your diabetes? Yeah, there were, there were times where I felt defeated, um, you know, but then that's having that, that support system to pick you up and, Can you give and an motivate example? you. Um, back when I was in college, I really, really was struggling, um, with, with my A1C then and, you know, it was a couple of teammates. We went and had lunch and said, man, you got this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can read on the internet. And, you know, this is 
back in 2008 where, you know, the internet was, you know, booming. Read on the Google, internet as far as what? A lot of information on diabetes and oh. how to control it and, you know, other people. So I started doing some research on, on other professional athletes that had mm-hmm. had type 1 diabetes and just kind of read their story and, you know, kind of said, well, you know, why can't their, their story be my story? Yeah. And so I just, it just kind of was a motivating factor to see other people that had gone through the same things that I was currently dealing with. And yeah. So it kind of, you know, was uplifting. Yeah. Well, and I love that because I think, I mean, you, I thought I connected well with people, which I mean, I, people have complimented that before to me, but when I met you, it's like, I just feel like people are naturally drawn to you. And so just like, Maybe that professional athlete's story was encouraging to you. Like, I, I also feel as though your story is going to be really encouraging to a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, one last question. So, in your life, what kind of legacy are you looking to leave? And I know that's a difficult question. <laughs> that's, a, that's a revolving, you know, answer. But, um, you know, the legacy I want to leave is that I was just caring for people. Um, you know, that I... I, w- I would be the type of person that would, you know, give the shirt off of my back, you know, just to, to make somebody else warm. Um, you know, it's that's a revolving question and, and certainly just, you know, one that kind of is like a concrete one is that, you know, just want to be known for, for having a heart for people. And where does that come from? Why do you, why do you want to leave that kind of legacy? Well, I grew up with, you know, parents that are still together and, you know, did pretty well for themselves and um, just seeing other people struggle, um, you know, and personally myself going through struggles that weren't financial, but they were, you know, internal. So, you know, when I see people struggling, I just want to be able to, you know, have them be helped. That's awesome. Well, and that's why I love you. You have a great heart. So... Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. And um, you guys, I hope that story, his story obviously continues to encourage you. But, um, you know, again, we all face some sort of adversity in life, you know, and really like if you're from any background, any age, any skin color, there is adversity in every, in everyone's life. And so my calling really would just be, you know, like, let's be there for each other. Like, let's, let it, let's have our story, our individual stories, like be um, encouraging to other people. You know, like let's live, let's live a life and leave a legacy that we have. Maybe if it's just one person, right? We have that one type of person in mind. Like David, he wants to in, impact people in general, but like for sure, being able to encourage maybe young kids or whoever uh, as as an individual getting type one diabetes and letting them know like you can become an athlete you know you can play at the professional level you can do these things when sometimes it can feel so defeating or discouraging but hope you guys were encouraged um i love today's podcast i love this topic and um i hope that you all have a great day and we will talk to you guys soon enjoy your day What is up, podcast family? Thank you so much for listening in today. It was really, truly a pleasure to record this episode. 
I really hope it speaks to you. Um, and David has an amazing story that I'm sure it's inspiring at least one person out there. And uh, we are so appreciative of your support. So make sure you like, share, comment on this podcast episode from whatever platform you're listening to. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Every single subscription and like and comment is so appreciated. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, we'll see you guys soon.